sometimes you gotta stay in, in. Welcome to my house, baby, take control now. We can't even slow down, we don't have to go a while. Welcome to my house, play the music too loud. Show me what you do now, we don't have to go a while. Good. Everybody, this is Pete with Hope Matters, Car 893 FM in the great state of Seattle. We're here with another great show. This actually is uh, something I, I can actually groove on, dig on. This is uh, we're going to talk all about cybersecurity, digital footprints. Um, you guys know that have listened over the years that uh, with my tech background, this is something, guys, that you know you really have to think about. We all use computers, we use phones, we use tablets, and. Uh, you know, having a really watching out for your digital footprint. And I'm sure you've heard all these different terms like uh, viruses and malware and Trojan, uh, Trojan horses, things like that. These guys are experts and they're going to talk to you about all of this. They also have a really cool product called Concentric 360. We'll get into that. I want you guys to grab a pen and paper um, and I'm going to give you their phone number and email. Um, because as you guys know, we bring on best of breed companies here in Home Matters. We want to make sure that uh, you give these guys a call. They'll protect you out there in the cyberspace. Uh, so we have two individuals here. Uh, we're going to introduce them. First one is Roderick Jones. How are you doing, Roderick? Good, thanks, Pisa. It's good to have you on. We got you. Uh, you. I guess you're from the UK, right? I am from Birmingham. Yeah. We'll find out about your background in a bit. And then we have uh, Ryan McKinstry as well. How are you doing, Ryan? Hey, Peter. Happy to be here. That's good. It's good to have you guys on. So before we start, because you guys are brand new to the show, maybe, Roderick, uh, you can talk a little bit about, I, it sounds like you're the founder of the company. So maybe talk yeah. about uh, who you are and uh, kind of why you decided to start Concentric Advisor. Oh, thanks, Peter. Yeah, no, as, I, as, as you said, I'm from England and uh, I grew up um, and in the intelligence services in the UK. So I, I actually worked for in national security uh, for Britain uh, for eight years uh, between uh, 96 and 2004, and then moved to America and uh, moved to San Francisco, but spent uh, a lot of time in Seattle. So I sort of have lived between the two places over, the, over that period of time. And what I found when I got here was, uh, as anyone who's lived in Seattle a long time uh, would know that, you know, there wasn't a lot of stuff you know, there wasn't the commerce and the tech industry yeah. going on that there is now. Those, the companies weren't as uh, as globally deployed as they are now. So, so there was a, a gap in the market, frankly, to do the kinds of sophisticated security that I've been trained in and have grown up in. So that's what drove me to start the company. And um, we started servicing clients. Uh, lots of them would be household names to, to most people, most of your listeners. And you know, it started to evolve from there. We needed to be able to think of new security solutions. Uh, old security solutions tend not to work um, because guess what? Criminals have figured them out. So we try and think of new stuff. And uh, and that's kind of what brings us uh, to talk to you guys today. You're a true tech guy. We try to think of new stuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Keep I mean, it simple, right? Right? Oh, it's so, all yeah. behind the scenes. It's all about that. So well, that's good. Thank you, Roderick. I appreciate that. And then Ryan, um, Obviously, can you? You're here with the company. What's your role there, and why did you decide to join Concentric Advisor? 
Yeah, Peter. Um, so my role is I'm a VP of strategy here at Concentric. I help us think about the sorts of challenges we're going to have to look at in the future. Um, the reason I joined Concentric was I was just fundamentally inter- interested in this problem. How do you help people stay safe everywhere? Yeah. And just over the past couple of years, we've seen a big shift in the places that people need safety and security. And it's been evolving and changing into the digital space more and more. So uh, that's really what brings us here today is to talk about that. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate that. But I, I, just to you know, kind of find out, dig a little deeper, Ryan. What is it? I mean, why are you attracted to this to cybersecurity? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's it's actually multifaceted, right? Um, I think for a long time we thought we could separate our digital lives from our physical lives, right? This idea yeah. that everything you were doing on um, whether it was social media or on the internet was anonymized or that you had an anonymous space to say what you wanted, do what you wanted. But the reality is that the lines between your professional profile, your personal profile, your online profile, and your real life uh, activities is really starting to blur. And that's what yeah. is so fascinating from our perspective is how do we keep people safe in all of those different domains? Yeah, very, very true. And it's no longer just a desktop thing. In fact, look around you with all these people on their phones. Still a security issue, right? It's something they have to be aware of. Well, okay, so let's move into kind of as we ease into what you guys do. Maybe, Roderick, you could talk about, you know, basically as a general, what is cybersecurity and why should our listeners actually be concerned about that? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a really good and fundamental question. Um, you know, as, as Ryan mentioned, I think we would almost we're at a point in society now where you should just drop the word cyber from the whole thing and just call it security. Yeah. So much of our life, everything we do is digital and everything that we are is becoming digital. So so the, the idea of security and cybersecurity, they're becoming more and more blended in, in people's lives and uh, and particularly um, now as we're all working from home and, you know, we're, everything we're relying on uh, is absolutely digital. So, so cybersecurity, if you want to break it out that way, is basically just the security of all digital things that you touch. The issue that I think is is interesting and where we differ and, and the way that we think about it is we try and think about the individual. How does the individual secure themselves in cyberspace and in their digital life versus the company? I think one of the things, and I'm going to be slightly heretical here, is that what people don't understand is that most of the cybersecurity challenges have been solved. Millions and millions of dollars have been solved on, uh, spent on building companies that can solve most of the cybersecurity challenges. It, it, it can be a very secure environment. However, that that innovation is all sat over in big companies. So, yeah. you know, JP Morgan is is very secure company, as you would hope. It's a bank, right. right? But, you know, your aunt living down the street isn't. She doesn't have access to the same level of tools. But now, uh, you know, criminals and global bad guys have got used to that. And they so they know who to target. They're not going to bother attacking a bank. They're going to just target individuals. And you can see that more and more, especially with people working from home. You know, they're the targets of attacks. And that's actually yeah. then how you get into the, into companies and things like that. Yeah. So that's the area that we focus on. We're interested in. We're interested in this digital individual and how do you build protections around them. Right. No, it makes a lot of sense, Roderick. And Ryan, just to ask you, you know, before we wrap up this segment, so this is device independent, right? You're not just doing it for desktops. You're also doing it for phones. Basically, wherever any device someone's on, they have to be concerned about the security aspect. Is that correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a there's a physical piece to this, which is securing your devices. And then there's an online piece, which is understanding how to clean up your digital profile. So it's harder for companies to sell your information and harder for bad guys to target you. Got it. When we come back, we're going to get into really now talking about what is this thing called digital footprint and some of these, uh, your reputation. We're going to talk about some encryption, what these guys do, because I have a feeling they're not just looking back, they're looking forward. There's some prediction schema. We'll get into those kinds of things and some intelligence behind this. You can check us out here at MyNorthwest.com forward slash home matters. This will be up there in podcast in perpetuity. I'll give you their phone number and email um, so you can check these guys out and uh, call them or email them. It's Concentric Advisor. When we come back, this is Pete with Home Matters. Coverage 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. All right, we're back. This is Pete with All Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. We're having a great discussion with Roderick Jones, who's the founder of Concentric Advisor, and Ryan McKinstry, who's the VP of Strategy. Is that correct, Ryan? Did I get that right? Product Strategy? Strategy? Okay, good. These two individuals are experts in... uh, the world online on web and also device in security or cybersecurity. We're having a good discussion. If you missed the first part of it, you want to go up to mynorthwest.com forward slash home matters. It's up there in podcasts in perpetuity. Um, you know, guys, here's the thing. This is not something you should take lightly uh, because there's a lot of information that can be stolen from you. Uh, your identity, um, reputation, lots of things. We're going to get into that with these guys. I would uh, recommend you give them a call. You can reach them at 866-828-5855. That's 866-828-5855. Or if you want to just email them, you can do that. It's info, I-N-F-O, at concentricadvisor.com. That's info at concentricadvisor.com. All right, so we're going to go back to our discussion. Uh, we kind of laid the groundwork on what is cybersecurity. So now I want to talk a little bit. Roderick, let's talk about uh, everybody hears this term all the time, but let's really help people understand what does it mean to have a digital footprint? Yeah, again, it's a, it's a great question. And I think, you know, what's happened in, in certainly in my lifetime is we've moved from an analog world into a wholly digital world. So, you know, we used to have write things down on pieces of paper, read new physical newspapers. And uh, and most of the things we did were, were analog. But uh, over the last 20 years, of course, that has all become digital. And every time you touch a digital service, um, you, of course, are, are leaving a data footprint. And I think society over the past four or five years has really understood that that comes with some some consequences the initial right. consequences you mentioned was you know the downside of identity theft which you know built up around people having their social security numbers stolen and things like that but it's become so so much more sophisticated than that now there's so much more digital information available about you that you can have a whole 
different version of yourself built online with digital information and and i think that's that's what we've seen people have no conception of the amount of data that they're throwing off almost if you will a data exhaust has become the emission has become enormous and of course that is driven by the 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 companies that we've all benefited from in some ways uh you know free email accounts and search and and all the services that we enjoy but those come at a cost we are our data is being used and monetized by those companies. Yeah. So, so the drive to create more data footprints uh, for individuals all the time is, is massive. Now, on, on the on the side of the world where we work, we work on on thinking about how to stop people using this information nefariously, and that's where uh, defending your privacy and and having a I would say just some knowledge of what data is out there about you. Number one, because mm-hmm. most people are, are pretty unaware; they probably think. They probably understand maybe 10% of what's available about them, but then remediating it, taking things down that are fake or, you know, kind of blocking some other things off. Right. I think that's the place we sit. And then I think, you know, Ryan has some examples around Yeah. And, and Ryan, I got to ask you this question because this is something that, you know, has always popped up in my head. So it's based on what Roderick just said. So we have all these free services, but with free comes sharing of data. So how do you guys, I mean, we can talk about the bad guys and things, and I'm not saying Google's a bad guy because they're not, but you're giving up a lot of data to Google. And is there some way that you're working in that role, say, just like basically Gmail? How is that? Is there any kind of protection on that at all? Or is it? are you mostly worried about security aspects with people who would hack and uh, steal identity? Yeah, Peter, that's a really great question. I think what Raj was talking about is this new phenomena around surveillance capitalism. Okay. This idea that they're commodifying, they're commodifying, they're they're turning your personal data into a commodity that can be bought and sold. Uh, the reality is that there are hundreds of aggregators that are buying and selling your data. There are thousands of companies that are using this data to target you, and they get it from a number of different ways. It's everything from signing up for free services, like you mentioned, free email accounts, right. free search engines, uh, to filling out surveys or even using apps on your phone. Um, that's something that Roderick and I have talked about a lot is oftentimes we give permission to devices to do things that they don't need permission to do, right? There's that great example of the the Chinese flashlight that needs 32 permissions into your phone, including your contact list. Yeah. Um, what, what we wind <laughs> like up why? doing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and what we wind up doing is assuming that all of these technologies are enabling our life in some way. Right. We give them an enormous amount of information. The challenge is that that information, um, it can be used by, uh, marketing companies to target and give you better products, or it can be used in ways that are more malicious, whether that's uh, criminal activities like cybercrime or people uh, who are harassing each other for having different viewpoints. That's something that we see happening a lot in this space. Right. Can you, uh, so Roderick, let's talk about this specifically. So let's say, uh, you know, Ryan was talking about um, the digital aggregators. Let's say I go up and I search, you know, whether I'm on Facebook or LinkedIn or somewhere, right? So I'm in a social media setting. And we all know, uh, you know, when you click on certain things, all, all of a sudden you get ad retargeting. So now they're tracking those kinds of things. So how does your your company play a role in that? And uh, we'll get to your Concentric 360 product in a second, because that's a real problem out there. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what you're highlighting is, uh, you know, the fact that you know, even though you're on one service, it's 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 not so much the 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 one service that's causing the problem. It's the, it's the data in the aggregate, you know. Right. Yeah, you know, it's the data aggregators that are the issue. It's the when you combine your location with your news reading preferences, with your right. you know, when your device is dormant versus it isn't. We can probably figure out where you live and who you're going to vote for, right? Which is which is quite a challenge. But yeah, as to how how we play in that space also throw that over to ryan because uh you know it's definitely his space but i mean i think you highlight the the main uh issue it's it's not the singular it's the aggregate yeah ryan if you could i guess what i'd like to know is maybe you could address that and talk about how do these digital aggregators get the data actually how does that happen yeah uh i'm sorry pete i i, I lost you for a second can you repeat that yeah, I'm just asking. So we were talking about the the aggregation of the data, and you know, Roderick was talking about you know uh, something in the social media setting. So they're tracking. My question is, how do these data aggregators actually get lo- your like geolocation, where you're surf, you know, surfing on a social site, or any kind of some kind of community? How does that happen? Yeah, so there's an incredible incentive around collecting all of this data um, because it's extremely valuable. So they're getting it from a number of different things, right? It's every time you sign up for free movie tickets, every time you sign up for a newsletter from a hotel you stayed at, uh, every time you're filling out a survey, they pull information from public records. Uh, They absorb a lot of information from your online activities, which is what we talked about. But what winds up happening is that these aggregator sites will take all those bits of information and compile them together. And then once you get your information put in a specific holding space, that information is extremely valuable. So it's going to be bought and sold repeatedly to other companies that are interested in using that information to target you for marketing. Um, once you're in that level of a system, it's really hard to remove your information personally. So there are kind of there are several different ways that you can go about trying to do this. One is by personally being more mindful about the kinds of information that you provide. And the second is finding solutions or services that can help you remove that information and keep it off these aggregator sites long-term. Yeah. And we'll get to that in this next segment. We come back, uh, Ryan, that was perfect because it was the lead in what I would talk about in the third segment, which is how do you manage your digital risk profile? And then some of the things you guys do at uh, Concentric Advisor. You check these guys out, give them a call at 866-828-5855 or email them at info at concentricadvisor.com. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. All right, we're back. This is Pete with All Matters, Car Radio 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk. We're having a good discussion here, something that is, guys, think about it this way. If you have a car, you uh, have to take care of the car, and you have to change your oil once in a while, or your motor will blow up, Right. So the same goes true for all of your online presence and all of your devices. If you don't take care of this stuff, you're really putting yourself at risk out there uh, with a lot of nefarious people and even managing, you know, data that you're giving up for free that's ending up with these data aggregators. And so if this is something that you're going, you know, Uh, Even though I'm on these different sites, I want to protect myself. That's why you want to work with a company like this with Concentric Advisors. 
So I'll give you their phone number and their email a little later in this segment. But really what I want to talk about now is we talked about cybersecurity. We talked about digital footprints. We talked about what a data aggregator is. Now I want to talk about, well, okay, so how do you as a company help an individual, Roderick, deal with their digital risk profile? And what does that mean to have a digital risk profile? Hmm. Uh, well, first off, as I said, I mean, for most people, they don't know what's what's out there. And I think a fundamentally important point of doing any kind of security, whether it's digital or not, is you need an ethical start point. You need to show somebody a baseline. Okay, what 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 are we looking at? You know, it's like if you imagine going to a doctor, you know, uh, I you yeah. know, and he says, well, we need to take off your leg. You know, <laughs> could be a bit extreme, but <laughs> you know, you, you'd kind of want to know why, right? You'd want yeah. to know well, why, 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 why do we have to do that? So, so not just with, with digital services, but any service that Concentric does, we start with a baseline. Let's just have a look. What, what are we talking about? Because really, if you don't do that, you can just be making it up. So, so that's how our digital service, as privacy services start. It's like, let's do the work. Let's understand what, what is out there. We can see the tip of the iceberg. You might have some sense of that, but let's, yeah. let's see how deep that goes before until we know that really, we can't take any other action. Yeah. So, so that's really how it starts. And what we find is that that is, um, incredibly surprising to most people. We've, we've obviously alluded to some of those things uh, in the in the show so far, but the fact that you know some, a lot of apps that you use are leaking location data or other contact details about you, all these kinds of things, you you know you wouldn't really probably appreciate unless you saw it packaged and in front of you. So yeah. so that's that's absolutely how it starts, and I think that's just a, a fundamentally important um, thing that happens in any ethical security service, uh, whether it's physical or digital, actually. But, but it's particularly important in this case. Got it. Thank you. And, and Ryan, so based on that, so Roderick brought up a digital baseline. He did give one example of apps. But could you maybe give people an understanding of what a baseline is for the average individual and maybe a story or two uh, that relate to what a digital baseline is for a person? Yeah, absolutely. So most people have hundreds of instances of their data being exposed online every day. Um, This can be everything from their home address to their social security number to their phone numbers. I think we've all experienced an incredible rise in the number of unsolicited phone calls we get. Um, That's coming from these data aggregator sites. And I think the thing that's really interesting about that is that there are two aspects to, to how to handle and deal with this particular problem. The first is for businesses, right? They need to start thinking about how their operations and their uh, business impacts the privacy of their employees. Um, This is something that we've been talking about a lot recently. It's this idea of duty of care, that if you're putting your employees in a highly sensitive or outward-facing role as a company, you have to start thinking about privacy almost like a benefit that you give them because what you're asking them to do can sometimes put them in harm's way. Um, The other piece is from an individual perspective, right? Part of the onus on individuals is being more aware of how to minimize their own footprint by being careful about the kinds of information they give away. Um, Some really simple examples are uh, create burner accounts for things like emails. Don't use your email that has the same account for banking information that you would for signing up for a free gym membership, right? Or um, think about how you are giving your data away. Uh, Try to use anonymized search engines like uh, DuckDuckGo or something like Signal. There are just a lot of small steps that people can take. And I like DuckDuckGo. I do. That's a great great site. Yep. 
and, and, part of, <laughs> and part of what we hope to do is not only give people a holistic understanding of what they can do on a personal level, but then in the places where they don't necessarily have control, right, like relationships with data aggregator sites, that's where we come in and we can help them actually minimize their footprint by being aware of what they're doing and also actually actively taking the information that makes them vulnerable off the Internet. Okay. And yeah, well, so the other question I have, I got two actually here, but um, – you know, we everybody talks about Roderick about cookies, and you know, cookies as tracking mechanisms. Can you speak to that as it relates to security protection and things like that? And does that really play a role? I mean, I think you know, cookies are interesting in the sense that um, you know they really uh, do drive a lot of the advertising model on the on, on sort of Internet 1.0. I would say, I, I, you know, you're absolutely correct there. That was, you know. You search over here, and then an ad pops up over here because right. the, the browser is able to track your your kind of um, your journey around the internet, and that's useful to advertise, right? But um, I think uh, you know, cookies was more a one point thing, and I think it's a really good point because it it I think we've moved on from there. This there's been such a massive. Uh, explosion of data now that not only yeah. do I know what sites you've been browsing, I know where you live, I know kind of all kinds of things about you, what kind you, what kind of food you like, you know, your social network. I can see that. I can see your relationships. So, so cookies were sort of, I think, from the 1.0. I still think they're important. Uh, hence the the sort of browser privacy protections because again. Yeah. If you think about the problem that we're trying to attack, it's this aggregate of data. So anything you can shift into that is important. Um, But also cookies have a benefit, like all of these things, right? Sometimes I want to go on websites and I want them to remember things about me because it's more efficient. So so it's a balance. And and sometimes, as Ryan said, we we should be relying on other services that just are built with privacy in mind. That is much more of a consumer need now. You can see that from Apple through DuckDuckGo through, as as Ryan mentioned, the, the Signal app as well. Privacy is becoming more of a consumer feature. Yeah, sure is. Thank you, Roderick. One last thing. we got less than a minute here, Ryan, so kind of got to pack this one in. But everybody, now with this pandemic, we got a lot of people working at home, and I think that's probably going to be a trend going forward into the future. So how does your company play a role in something like that where – they're tying into their work now, maybe a VPN, and we'll, maybe you can, I, you know, we can address that in the fourth segment. But how do you guys play a role with all these people working at home now? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things that we continually come back to is that the biggest vulnerability is the individual, right? We've got all this money and infrastructure around protecting information. It's usually the individual that is the weak point. And right. one of the easiest ways to socially engineer um, and get into uh, protected systems or access to sensitive data is by creating profiles for people, right? Whether it's CEO fraud or spear phishing, um, we're seeing that that is actually the point where data is really critical for protecting uh, company information. Sounds good. And when we come back, I'm going to have Ryan uh, define what uh, spearheading means because you guys need to know what that is. We're also going to get into their product in the fourth segment here on their Concentric 360. It's pretty pretty cool what they have and how they're addressing all of this now you kind of understand what's going on out there what are they doing to help solve this for you as an individual a family and a small business or corporation so with that i'm pete this is home matters car reading 973 fm seattle news and seattle's talk
This is Pete. We're back. This is Home Matters, Calvary 97.3 FM in the great state of Seattle. We're having a great discussion here with Roderick Jones. He's the founder of Concentric Advisors. So I want to make sure it's plural, guys. It has an S on the end. And Ryan McKinstry, he's also with us here, too. He's the VP of product. Is it, is it global strategy, product strategy? What, what's the strategy you deal with? Just strategy now. Just strategy. Okay. That's the idea. (laughs) That's great. You can get, uh, you can email these guys at info, I-N-F-O at concentricadvisors.com. So that's with an S on the other uh, end. It's plural, concentricadvisors.com. Or give them a call at their operations center at 866-828-5855. And we're going to get into kind of when you do call your email, what happens here in this segment. So you kind of know what's going on there. But before we do, Ryan, you had mentioned, uh, you know, CEO fraud and spearheading in the last segment, which I'm sure probably caught a couple people's ears. So it's like, what are those things? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that Roger talked about earlier in the segment was this idea that criminals are becoming a little bit more advanced because they're realizing that their target set has changed. So the whole idea behind uh, phishing attacks, spear phishing, CEO fraud and social engineering is how can you take available data on somebody to put together a scheme that makes it look more realistic? Um, this could be everything from uh, taking personal information about somebody so that when they call the grandma on a uh, you know a hostage thing in Mexico, they have the right relationships and terms and names to make that individual sound real, all the way to CEO fraud, where um, what we're seeing is a, a proliferation in these targeted attacks where uh, someone masquerades as the company CEO, um, either in email or in social media, and they can then get employees to do things. Um, we're seeing that in the last year alone, CEOs were 12 times more likely to be targeted in cybercrime. So this is a real problem. Wow. That's crazy. And then spearheading. Uh, what is the spearheading term? Yeah. Uh, the spear, spear phishing is where you put together a more sophisticated attack. So I would take all the information that I can find about Peter and use that to impersonate you or to make a claim that is much more realistic because what they find is that their victims are more likely to respond if they use enough real information to make the, the, the claim look, uh, like it's really me then. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Understand. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Okay. So, um, what I want to talk now, we're going to talk a couple things here, but, uh, Ryan, let's talk about your product concentric 360. So we talked about the security. We talked about the digital footprint. We talked about risk profiles, uh, we didn't really touch on reputation, but that's a biggie. But we kind of did a little bit with, uh, you know, with spear phishing and, and CO fraud. So you have this product, Concentric 360. What is this product and what does it do? Yeah, Concentric 360, in essence, is a data exposure management solution that helps people keep their sensitive data off the Internet and out of the hands of people that would misuse it. So the way that we go about doing that is we create unique user profiles for every single user that we have. What we believe at Concentric is that there's really no one perfect solution for everyone. What you need to do is you need to tailor people's um, different solutions to their unique threat profiles. So what we do is we build this profile online, and then we go about finding all of the instances of information that are held by these aggregator sites, whether it's your social security number, your home address, your name, whatever it is that we find that makes you vulnerable, we remove it. And then we remove it every single day so that it doesn't repopulate. Okay. And how would, so, okay, let's 
let's go to the social security number. How does that end up in a data aggregator site? What's an example there where somebody would get their social security number on a data aggregator site? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a bit of a shocking thing to me, too. One of the problems, honestly, is just that the United States does not have the same level of um, regulation around data that some of the other places do. Like the European Union with the GDPR is much better about how to control data. Um, So you can actually sell people's social security numbers in parts, right? You can sell the front half of it or you can sell the back half of it. And if you go and look at something like um, Redaris, it will have your social security number there in part, but then another aggregator site will sell the back end of your social security number. So it's pretty easy to put those together over time, which is not illegal, but pretty immoral. Okay. Got, yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. So now I do want to ask, cause we're going to get into innovation here. I'm going to talk to you a bit, Roderick, about that. Cause I'm really intrigued by what you have, what you're going to have to say about this, but before we do, so, does your product, Ryan, you, you hear things about viruses, you hear things about malware, Trojanware, things like that. Does your product deal with that as well as data, or is it just the data aggregation and removing all of that? Concentric 360 is really focused on data aggregation removal and on okay. reputation management. But as part of what we focus on at Concentric is this concept of privacy. So we actually do have cybersecurity teams that can help harden devices, audit your systems, and then monitor so that we can see whether or not they're intrusions. So um, in terms of malware, um, simply getting your data offline is pretty helpful because it makes it harder to uh, target you in an right. attack but we do have other solutions around that. Now, one of the things you you just piqued my uh, ears on, you talked about hardening systems. So can you explain what that means uh, to people? What does it mean to harden systems or devices? Yeah, I mean, I think um, essentially you, when you say hardening a system, it means using a lot of cybersecurity uh, products, um, recommended ones by okay. us often, to, to enhance the security of your uh, cell phone through to your laptop, through to your desktop if you're using one. So things like virtual private networks, VPNs, uh, antivirus programs, password managers, the array of cybersecurity tools that have been built by very good companies, and you put those together, and, and that, that essentially takes you from a, a weak position to a hardened Got position. Got it. Under- Understood. And then, Roderick, I want to ask before we close out the show. So a lot of it, you know, you had mentioned a lot of security is looking back. But what are you doing in innovation to kind of look forward? And do you use some uh, artificial intelligence algorithms? How do you do predictive? Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a human element to predictive uh, design that's very important. Um, You know, at one point in the world, uh, stone castles were used for defense and then gunpowder emerged and it doesn't work anymore. So you need to have a a culture actually within your business that looks to see what's coming next and then try and design for that. Some of it could be AI. I personally think that's a little overblown, but machines are good at some things, not good at others. We've started to look at uh, how AI might help us actually with video cameras and, and, and doing, you know, running some of that across video cameras to detect behavior 
that is you know, potentially burglars and things like that rather than just dumb systems. So so AI has a role, but it, it's not going to be um, a full role in, 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 in yeah. security for sure. So so it's more of a culture of innovation within the business that, that encourages employees and, and, every, and actually your ecosystem of partners to look forward uh, to see what's coming next. What are the what are the things that are being built by big, built by big companies that might actually have detrimental effects to us? You know, yeah. we don't know yet, but we should start designing for that. Yeah. No, it's a fascinating world out there, Roderick. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it, Ryan. Thank you very much. You guys can check these guys out. It's Concentric Advisors. Give them a call at eight six six eight two eight. 5855 or email them at info at concentricadvisors.com. They'll walk you through this entire uh, Concentric 360 product they have, what it does and how it can help you across the board with all your devices on the web, uh, all the data aggregator sites and protect you. With that, I'm Pete. This is Home Matters. Got ready 97.3 FM, Seattle's News and Seattle's Talk.